Welcome to the podcast of Local Community Church. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will encourage and inspire you in your faith journey. If you'd like to find out more, head over to localcommunity.church. Outside week. And if you remember our last outside topic, anyone remember what we talked about? Feet. Oh yeah, faith was last week, that was the inside, and then before that it was the beautiful feet. And we're talking about um, your story, like our story. And the idea of the beautiful feet is a scripture where Paul says anyone that takes the gospel message out has got beautiful feet. And what we're trying to say with that message, which is very much the truth, is that um, your life is an extension of the gospel, meaning um, if you ever have that chance to share with someone about Jesus. In some ways, you don't need to worry about getting all the words exactly right. You just need to share your story. Like, who, who were you before you met Jesus? How did that happen? And what's life like now? Just share that. And if it's your story and your words, you, you can't get that wrong. And, and so not to be too worried about that, just to be able to think about those opportunities to, to uh, share your story. And so we're taking that and building on that today because... Whilst that's very true, and I don't want anyone to get um, too uh, worried about getting all the aspects of the gospel message exactly right because you share your story, it is important that we know how to present Jesus' story, like actually to talk about him, like that's still an important thing. And the reality is, is if you're engaging in someone in your story and how you've become a Christian and letting um, that overflow into um, those conversations, there's probably going to come some point where someone asks you a question that says, well, tell me more about Jesus or tell me more about why you follow him or tell me more about what this Bible thing means. And I think we've got to uh, make sure we've got a really simple way to do that. And so today, um, our message is about how we, how we share Jesus' story. So we've got our version of the story, but we need to have Jesus' version of the story. Does that make sense? So literally knowing how to share the gospel. Now, when it comes to reaching out, there's, um, and it's the good news, huh? how to share the gospel message is what we're talking about today. I think there's all sorts of ways we find ourselves in in those situations. One of them is what we call the the servant evangelism method, which is literally like Sue and Dennis were talking about. Um, When these guys said, hey, we're connected to this uh, family and they just need some practical help, can we renovate their home? It's like, absolutely. And we used to do a lot of this kind of stuff. And I think as we talk more about community outreach, there's going to be more of that. Um, But that's just a great uh, next project to get involved in. And we can just go and literally love this family and for no other reason, by the way, than to love them. If nothing helps, if nothing happens after that, that's okay. Like we're putting into action practical love. But what might happen is over time or over the relationship that Sue and Dennis have got with this family, they might just ask some questions. And that's kind of cool. And that idea of practical love, servant evangelism, I felt we've written a whole book on it called Love, Love, um, is very much of who we want to be. And and we want to have more of this stuff going on. So if you've got ideas and and you've got opportunities like that, feel free to just gather some people in the church and make that happen. And that's the, the kind of servant evangelism. But in that situation, this lady might actually say, why are you doing this? And we explain, and she might say, well, who is this Jesus? And so we've got to kind of, know how to answer that question. The other kind of way we think about evangelism is the relational dynamic. And we talk about this a lot, which is who are the people that God has put you around? Who are you doing life with? Who do you work with? Who do you spend most of your time with? And it's pretty likely that those people um, are the ones that uh, God is calling you to reach. 
you spend most time with them. And I've been sharing some stories recently about some of the people I work with. And I've, I've this little tip here, just in case you missed it, let me drop it out there for you. Um, I've been trying some different things in conversations. And I have a role where they're already asking me for help with business kind of stuff. And sometimes the question I just answer with a business answer, but sometimes my answer is actually a faith answer. So I had one question a little while ago. This guy was saying, um, like, I'm really ambitious and I never feel like I've done enough. I'm never achieving. Now, the business answer would be, um, that's okay, because if you're a driven person, you need that and you need to take that and harness that. And that's what motivates you. And you're just going to have to live with it. But that's not my answer. My answer is very different. It's a faith-based answer. It's, you know what, I've actually given my life over to my God and my ambition is to serve him, not to achieve something here on this earth other than being aligned to what he's calling me to do. And that takes all that pressure you're talking about away. That, that was my answer. But what I did was rather than launching into that, I said to him, hey, it's a faith-based answer. Because I found if I've introduced that and said, hey, it's got something to do with my church or something to do with Jesus or because I'm a Christian, for some reason in our society, people will put walls up around that. But if I say it's got to do with faith and then ask permission and say, can I share that with you? 100% of the time people say yes. And so I did that and he said yes and I shared that story. Another one I had was um, this guy saying, oh, I just don't have enough money and how do I deal with that? And so again, I said the same thing. Uh, my answer is a faith-based answer. Can I share that with you? And again, he said yes. Uh, what's really interesting, I've shared those couple of stories. This happened a month ago. In the last one week, um, both of these guys have come into separate meetings with me and they've said on my list today, I want to talk to you about faith. Like top of the list, can I talk to you about faith? So rather than coming in with a business question, which is what I'm paid to do actually, um, they come in with, a, I want to talk more about that, that conversation we had a few weeks ago. The other guy came in and he said, I just wanted to let you know that I've tried praying this week. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. So the reason I'm saying this is we've got this kind of servant evangelism thing that we're called to, love, love. Um, don't just pretend to love people, really love them. Practical love, like live that out. Jesus said, love me, love other people, and that's how we do it. And then we've got this relational dynamic, these people that we're spending all this time with, and every now and again we might get that question of, well, tell me more about your faith. And so knowing how to give the gospel message is really important. Now, to kick that off, I want to actually have a look at how Paul did that. There's lots of examples, and if you've got the Bible reading plan, we've put scriptures in there of how Peter shared the gospel message a few times and how Paul shared it. We're going to have a look at one of the ways Paul did. So if you want to grab your Bible uh, and turn to Acts chapter 17. Um, if you don't have a Bible and need one, just if you want to put your hand up, someone will actually give you a Bible. Anyone need one? This morning? Mm, no, all good. I'm going to keep saying this. We need more people in our church that don't have Bibles. Good. Hello. Uh, so Acts chapter 17, we're going to read from verse 22. Uh, it's a, 11 verses I'm going to read, so it's a little bit long, but I just want to hear, we're literally hearing how Paul shared the gospel message when he had opportunity to do that. Now, the context here is he's actually in Athens at the time, in Greece, capital of Greece, uh, and, and the Greeks were one of the world powers at this point. You had the Romans and you had the Greeks, and they were some of the largest um, 
economies and cultures in the world at the time. But one of the things about the, the Greeks is they, they worshipped lots of idols. And so we're literally reading a situation that Paul's speaking into about these idols and he's before a bunch of leaders in, in Greece. So it says, so Paul, standing in the midst of the, I don't know how to pronounce that word, Areopagus said, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods in the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. And even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. And being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Now when they heard of this resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, we will hear you again about this. It's a bit of a long passage, but it's demonstrating how Paul had this opportunity to share the gospel message, and we learn about the way he went to do it. Now, just a couple of things to think about that we can learn from. The very first thing he did right at the start is he actually found a connection point. And that connection point is he said, I see that you're religious, now, he didn't talk down their idols. He didn't say, this is all wrong. He actually said, hey, there's something here we've got in common. He's looking around. I just imagine there's a room, there's idols. And he said, we've got this in common. I see that you're religious. But what he did is he found a gap in their thinking. Because he actually said after that, hey, there's one of these idols. And I was reading it. And it says, you've put this inscription to the unknown God. You know there's this God. You don't know who it is. And so he's come along and he's filled that gap with Jesus. He said, hey, you're religious. We've got something in common, but there's a, there's a problem here. There's an issue you've got, but let me tell you how to fix that problem. Effectively, let me put Jesus in that gap. And then he proceeded to talk to them in a language they understood of, hey, we've, we've come from the beginning of time and there's this creation that happens and you know the history of our land and our people and we all got allotted... Um, land and things have moved and then there was this person who came and lived on this earth and died and was resurrected and this is the God that you don't know let me tell you about him and you can see right at the end some have said well we want to hear more about that and he's given us a version of the gospel message in a way that was very relevant to those people found a connection worked out what the gap was and spoke about Jesus in a term that was relevant to them to fill that gap and that's this little model that I think we can learn from. And if you think about a lot of the issues that our world um, faces today, Jesus is the answer to those things. We find something in common, we understand what the gap is, and we talk about how Jesus is the answer to that. 
So if we think about, um, I've just written a few here, acceptance. People just don't quite feel connected. They don't feel accepted in even the, the part of the world, the community, the workplace they live in. Well, Jesus is the answer to that because we know that we are made and accepted just the way we are. There's people searching for relationship. Well, Jesus is the answer to that because Jesus is our best friend. We have this union with Jesus, we're in relationship with him. There's people who are lonely. One of the largest search terms for people on the internet is loneliness. I'm lonely. Jesus is the answer to that. He's our friend. But not only that, there's this uh, immediate community of people, like-minded people called the church that you can come, become a part of that take away your loneliness. And people live in fear of all sorts of stuff. One of the greatest fears is fear of other people. Literally, that's the, the three greatest fears is people, failure and death. And so, you know, we don't have to be afraid of people because in Jesus, I'm adopted into a family. I've got my place. I don't need to be afraid of my good father. Some people have had this bad life and they're looking for a new start. Well, in Jesus, you're a new creation. And, and the list goes on. You see what I'm saying? There's these conversations that we're probably already having over and over again. And, and Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the, 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 the gap filler. And that's our moment to kind of talk about the gospel and find a way to do that with that connection point and that relevant point. So what I want to do today, just to to finish, is actually give you a little model that you can use if you actually need to describe the gospel message. Now, I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand. This is a rhetorical question. But the rhetorical question is, put up your hand, you don't need to do it, if you've actually shared the gospel message with someone, like as in, not I'm a Christian, but let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus was the son of God. Jesus walked on earth. He died for you. And he wants relationship with you and I can lead you in a prayer to meet him. Would you like me to do it in the last 12 months? Who's done that in the last 12 months? You don't, you don't, some people have. You don't, I don't want to embarrass people or whatever. But my guess is knowing the church in uh, Australia, most of us in this room would not have probably done that in the last year. And the whole point of this message that we're in this year is to get really uncomfortable with that. One of the lines we keep saying is like, if, if not you, then who? Are you sitting back hoping I'm going to do that? I'm trying. If not now, then when? Are you waiting for something in your life to happen before you actually tell people you love the most, the thing that you care about the most? Like, what are we waiting for? And so this is about challenging us to feel a little bit uncomfortable that I haven't done that. Maybe I need to do that. Maybe I've just given up. Maybe I've thought this person doesn't want to hear it. And I'm, I'm just, as we're going through this year, I'm finding more and more, only because it's at the front of mind, I'm trying to have these conversations. And not once has someone said, don't talk to me about that. I don't want to hear it. it so I'm just trying to motivate us to, to keep finding a way to do that. And so today is about giving you a little tool that if that actually happens, you can share the gospel message in the way that is simple, easy to remember and easy to understand. Uh, this is something I just was, um, came across, actually, and I thought it was really cool to share. So this is the, the four little symbols that you need to remember. Uh, the heart, the, the vision sign, the cross, and the question mark. And I'm going to just kind of give you a... You can write some tips or listen back to the message. What each of these things mean, a scripture reference, and uh, just some key points that you might want to think about that you can share. Literally, you could do this in two minutes. Um, I'm going to explain it, so it'll take a bit longer, but it'll give you a two-minute way if you had that opportunity to share the gospel message of how to do it. Now, most of the people that I know in this room, you're already a 
Christian, you're following Jesus. So you've somehow figured out this message in your own mind to make a decision to follow him. But what I'm trying to help you with today is have you thought about how you would present that to someone else? See, most of us have found this because someone talked to us about it. And it's our job to talk to other people about it. So let's start with the the first one, the love heart. Uh, This means love. Funny that. (laughs) Love. Uh, This is the start of the good news because this is the good news, is that God loves you. God loves you unconditionally and he is the creator of the world and everything in it. He's always loved you and he loves you just the way you are. This is the start of the message, right? I'm just kind of giving it to you. Even if you've rejected God, he loves you. Even if you feel like a failure, he still loves you. Because God is love. He literally is love. And because of that, he wants a relationship with you. And so the scripture that backs that up that we might be able to use is 1 John 4, 16, that says, God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. First point, God is love. That's good news. Okay, second point, the division sign. We divided. So if God loves me or loves you so much, why don't I feel that all the time? It's like fine for you to say that, but why don't I feel that? Well, a division sign, if you think about it, God is the little dot at the top and we're the little dot at the bottom and we've been divided. And a division exists between us because of separation. And what's been happening in our life and maybe in your life is that I'm looking in all sorts of other places to find fulfilment, to find meaning and to find purpose in my life. When I look everywhere apart from God. It's one of the things I found really interesting with these guys I've been talking to. I kind of, I think my generation grew up with some level of awareness of Christianity or God there was something I've had a chance to explore these guys are young guys and they've not actually really been presented the gospel in many ways they're like they have a view of this religious kind of thing but nothing like what our faith looks like and so they're looking and they're definitely searching and they are searching for meaning and they're searching for purpose but anywhere we're doing this anywhere other than God which actually means we don't trust him because we just live our own way we just do our own thing And that's actually called sin. The Bible says that we've all sinned. So even if you're talking to someone, I've I've sinned, I still sin. Can't get away from it. It's part of the world. And that sin actually separates us from the type of life that God wants us to live. So the scripture for that, Romans 3.23, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So now we go to the third one, the cross. This is good news again. So we've gone from the good news to the bad news to the good news. Because God forgives us through Jesus. Our mistakes don't stop God loving us. But we can't find our way back to him based on the things we do. Like our achievements and our works can't actually get us back to God. The only way to fill that separation is through Jesus. Jesus is God and he came to earth to show us how to live and he died for us. 
And in his death, he paid the price for this separation. He, he filled that gap. He overcame the separation. He reconnected us back with God. I can send these around. I know there's people trying to take photos. Maybe I'll just send them out. Then I don't have to be in the photo. <laughs> um, that's because of Jesus. He overcame death. He was resurrected. Evidence written, proven. And the scripture he would use is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believed in him would have eternal life. And so now we move to the, the final thing, the question mark. We've got the good news. We've had the bad news. We've got the good news. Now this is your news. Because we all have a choice as to whether we want to follow Jesus. God did everything to show us how much he loves us. And we can have relationship with him right now and for eternity. Jesus did die for you, but it's actually your choice as to whether you want to follow him or not. And to do that, all you've got to do is pray and ask him to forgive you for the things that you've done that have separated you from him and say, I want to follow your way rather than my way. So the final question is, how are you going to respond to Jesus' offer? What's stopping you do that? And the great scripture for that, uh, which is what we're actually going to finish with today and we're going to do this, is Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. And it says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Pretty cool, huh? It's like real simple. God loves you, it's the good news. We're divided, that's bad news, because we're trying to live our own way and find our own meaning and purpose. We can't find our way back to God ourselves for anything we do, but that's okay because Jesus has come. That's the good news. He's done that. He lived the life that we were meant to live and showed us how to do that. He died the death that we were meant to die. And because of that, we can have that divided relationship connected again. And that's true, whether you accept that or not. The question is, do you want to live by Jesus' way? And to do that, you just pray this simple prayer. I love it. Hey, it's so, it's so cool. I'm like itching to give this a go, right? <laughs> I haven't done it like this before, but I was like, this is really good. This is like so simple and so easy to remember. And, uh, and so the final part of that is that we pray. And so how I just wanted to finish today, I don't know the story of everyone here. I, I don't know if everyone has actually done this and said, I want to be a follower of Jesus and, and pray that prayer. But I, I thought, let's all pray it together. And if you've um, done this before, then that's great. Maybe that's a reconfirmation or just a reminder that, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. But if you've never done that before and you actually just heard what I was sharing and go, well, yeah, I want to start that journey. I, I, I got so many questions, but we all do, by the way. Um, but I feel like this is what I've got to do. I've got to reconnect with my creator. I've got to follow the Jesus way. I want to do that. Then it starts by this prayer. So if you want to pray that for the first time today with us, that would be awesome. And uh, if you do pray it for the first time, by the way, if you came with someone, maybe just let them know and say, hey, I prayed that prayer. Can I find out more? Or if you didn't come with someone, feel free to come and talk to me. I'd love to talk to you more about that. And hopefully we're also going to get opportunity to start praying this kind of prayer with other people. Now, when I keep saying this prayer, this prayer, I'm going to make it up right now. Like literally, I'm going to say a sentence and get you to repeat it. And I'm just going to pray these kind of four things. 
um, because I think that's what comes out of the actual moment itself. It's the, um, you know, in the moment kind of thing. But it's the same context of the prayer. So why don't we stand together? I'm going to finish here as we pray. Um, I'll just close off once we're done. But please come and talk to me if you pray this prayer for the first time. I would love to know. Because, by the way, it says when you do that, there's a celebration in heaven. The moment you have that connection back to your creator, um, you are in for the most wild ride that you don't even know is coming when you do that. And uh, Jesus is the answer to whatever's going on for you right now. I can 100% promise you of that. So I'm going to pray a sentence. You just pray after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you loved me. I thank you that is good news. But I am sorry that I have separated from you. I'm sorry where I've looked for meaning and purpose in other places. But I thank you for Jesus, that he walked on this earth, that he showed us how to live, that he died and overcame death, that I might have relationship with you again. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. I repent and ask for your forgiveness. And today I declare Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. I believe in my heart and I declare with my mouth. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for listening to our message today. We hope that it's encouraged and inspired you in your faith journey. To find out more, head over to localcommunity.church.